Coming back from the bye, the Hawks were keen to fix a roller coaster win-loss record, but it wasn't to be. Arch-rivals Essendon running out 19-point winners at Marvel Stadium. We've got your recap right here and look ahead to our next Friday night blockbuster against Sydney right here on the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and I'm joined by a man who escaped the scrutiny of behavioural awareness officers. G'day, Tiz. Hey, mate. Do you like my new vest? Beautiful it is. You joined the tribe. I did. I'm a BAO. <laughs> How many of, of uh, these guys are there exactly? Because I've seen two in, uh, I'd say, 30 years of being alive. So I don't know, but I'm set for Halloween. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a killer costume. <laughs> I wonder if it'll be in vogue by then. Anyway, we'll return to those guys in a sec. Uh, returning to the pod this week from the AFL record and SEN is Ashley Brown. Welcome, Ash. Gentlemen, absolute privilege to be here at these troubling times. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Don't you, Tiz? I lost to Essendon. Coached by Worsfold, yes. <laughs> It's pretty bad, isn't it? Before we get stuck into that recap, uh, some social media stuff. Now, iTunes, you can rate and review us on there. 163 ratings, Tiz. The uh, surge towards 200 continues. And an auspicious occasion. We've got three players that have notched up 163 games. Much to your delight, I'm sure. I'm sure Ash as well will remember these three familiar names. Uh, yes, Raiden Tellus. Famously stepped on. <laughs> Ash, do you have anything else to offer apart from uh, being famously under the boot of Dermot Brereton for Raiden Tallis? Because I couldn't yeah, come up with much. He became a good player sort of in his mid-twenties, I reckon, under in the Peter Schwab era. He was one of the, the better yes. players for a while. He played some good footy under Schwab in that sort of 2000, 2001 time when we were mm. half He had some acceleration, didn't he? And uh, then Clarko sort of pinned some expectations on him for the rest of the group. Yeah, he was one of several who didn't thrive under Clarko. Yeah. Taken at 53 in the 93 draft, and uh, he played back pocket and midfield, did Raiden Tallis. And we move on to Joel Smith now. 2001 best and fairest, two-time All-Australian. Bit of a tale of triumph. He overcame a serious knee injury, came over from the Saints, and I have to say was a very memorable figure for me, for the Hawks. We robbed him beautifully, didn't we? We've done that a bit to the same time of the journey, haven't we? So, Joel Smith, another one. Uh, Stan Ells thought he wasn't getting much. He was sort of Barry Rollins in reverse. We gave away Rollins when uh, yeah. we thought he was, wasn't going to play much, and they gave away Joel Smith, and he uh, proved him wrong. He was good, very, a great play coming out of the back line. Surprised he retired when he did. I thought he, mm. he could have gone again in 2008 and might have played in the Premiership. I just remember how hard he was at the contest, especially mm. marking contests. Guys would just sort of pinball off him. He's mm. Amazingly strong through the hips. I think he took out Brad Green a couple of times. And the third cab off the rank is Michael Osborne. 2008 Premiership player, two-time VFL Premiership player. That's 2001, 2013. Had a bit of a flair for the spectacular. That's how I remember him. Some superb goals, high-flying marks. I did a bit of YouTube research today. That was fun. Did kick some good goals, mm. Michael Osborne. In finals as well. There's a couple of great ones against St Kilda in one of those finals. Yeah, prelim, I think. You know, yeah, I was going to say the prelim, yeah. He announced his retirement at Hawthorne's 2013 Best and Fairest Counts. So we salute all three players, Raiden Tallis, Joel Smith, and Michael Osborne. Thank you for your service to the Brown and Gold. Moving on now to Twitter, at Pod. Join us as we gear up for another Friday night blockbuster. Gee, it never rains, but it pours. We've got two Friday nights in a row. Who'd have thought it? It's a bit strange, guys. Losing to Essendon? That's strange as well. But now we've got Sydney at the SCG. Yeah, just, let's just skip Essendon. That's you don't past. want to talk about it at all. You've got to talk about it a bit. There's some positives to take out of the game, surely. Oh, is there a list here? <laughs> <laughs> we might be clutching at straws a bit. Before we get onto that, Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Pod. The score, yes, we must revisit it. Essendon 14-12-96 defeated Hawthorne 11-11-77. Well, first of all, I thought the score was pretty flattering. 
Mm. We came back in the last quarter, but that third quarter, we were just shot to bits. It was a terrible third quarter by Hawthorne. Uh, I never had any great faith at any stage that they would win the game, even when they sort of got those two goals late before half time and went in half time. I thought this is a bonus. They don't really deserve to lead. Again, within 10 minutes of the third quarter, it was clear that Essendon had uh, established its uh, superiority once again and didn't place too much store in what happened in the game after that. I've got questions about team selection and mm. also what on earth they were doing with Adam Sard and Connor McKenna for most of that game. Yeah, how so? Well, they just did what they liked off the half-back line and broke through our defence. And McKenna got the seven coaches' votes. Did he? So he was... Yeah. Well, that's his best game for them. Yeah. And we should have been aware that that was... That's their major weapon. What yeah, they well, like to run. I, yeah, I would have thought that was obvious, but... But the Essendon supporters I've spoken to have said it's the first time that their running game is real and their pace has really made a difference for well, the whole season. He did run it well beyond his usual capacity for hitting targets, Connor McKenna. So he usually sprays them. Well, he played him into form. <laughs> <laughs> I was confident in the first quarter because I, I felt like we were breaking down Essendon's structures quite well and we are using the corridor. They... They seem to let us through there on a number of occasions, but we we just couldn't no convert. reward. Yeah. No, and and when it when it happens enough, you start thinking as a footy fan like, uh, I tend to know what happens with these situations. And yep, came back to bite us on the ass there. Yeah, therefore, but it was clear from again from you're right. We were, they were getting some ball moving through the middle, but it was pretty clear once again that the forward line was fairly dysfunctional. Yeah, Hurley was having a field day. Mm. Even Hooker looked good. So I guess the question that not only us but a lot of Hawks fans are wondering. Why was Mitchell Lewis dropped? That is the eternal question. That question. Hasn't, <laughs> hasn't been satisfactorily answered in my book. I don't know why they dropped Mitchell well, Lewis. Well, we were deferring to you, Ash. We were well, hoping you might shed some light. I don't have a, a definitive answer. I mean, trying to read the clues of the post game talk about um, what, what an exploration phase, and maybe mm. they know this is what Lewis can do. But let's have one last look at Sicily as a forward what, before, for a half. Um, to see what he can do and, yeah. you know, can, can the back line work without... I mean, I really think they just want to say, well, okay, let's get Brent... Let's, can we play a back line with O'Brien, Brand and Frawley all in at the same time? Do, is can, that going to work? I can tell them that. <laughs> yeah, well, most of us can. They've fought, moved Sicily forward and see whether he's got that spark, but it, it didn't really work. And it, it's interesting. They moved back, Sicily back in the second half back to the back line and it was just... He was comfortable again. He was peeling off, taking the oh. marks, intercepting. He just—he's such a natural. He looked at home. He just looks at he, he, exactly. He looked like this is where he belongs to be. So I'd be very surprised Might. if we ever again see. So, so, Mind you, I didn't mind him on the wing kicking into the forward fifty. Mm. That did look alright. So there's a contingent of our listeners. I know we've addressed it on the podcast no, before. No, that really no, we wanted... don't need to stick the boots in. No, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> are you satisfied now? Can he just play back? I think Sicily can just play back from now on. So I went to the game feeling reasonably confident because mm-hmm. Essendon aren't all that great. And I felt like they were bringing a couple of boys in underdone. Then I saw the banner, right? And it read, <laughs> oh, no. we are doing it for the kids. <laughs> Love the game, not the odds. And I, I thought, well, that that's too. it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I They've must given admit, away I the rest that. of the season. That is the storyline from now on. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't great. Uh I did say we were going to dissect some positives. Let's do that. Oh, Ricky. Ricky Ricky usually heads the list with these. He's done so again. 31 touches at 87.1%. Disposal efficiency, 11 marks, a goal and a goal assist. So superb by him once again. Um, What's going to happen when he retires? (laughs) Because he's 31, isn't he? I mean, not by number, by age. (laughs) Well, he gets it. We don't contemplate that for at least 12 months. He might be the first 30 year old in recent times. They might have him two years. 
Yeah. Well, yes, they could. Could actually offer him two years. He'd probably be leading the Crimmins at the moment. You'd say so, yeah. I'd say once McAvoy went down, he probably is. And Namira's fallen off the pace a bit. They were the three standouts early. Mm-hmm, um, true. The Crimmins would be interesting. They're very wide open. Well, yeah, Hardwick came from nowhere last year. That that really surprised. Mm. But also having 31 touches was Isaac Smith. Now, is that does that count every time he touches the ball and sort of flicks it up? <laughs> Before he actually takes possession, or want to get in touch with uh, champion data maybe I was, for that one. I was so frustrated by Smith, but yeah. when you I look at he this, tried to, I thought when he's, I thought he he worked hard, Smith. I don't think he played particularly well, no, but I think he played like a guy who knows he hasn't been playing well. He yeah. really tried to impose himself on the game yeah. in the way he can, and it only came off some of the time. But I think he he understood the situation. I got a very angry when he fluffed that kick in the last quarter, mm, nearly. Yeah. Was that Burgoyne sitting under it? Yeah, I got upset with Shields at one stage when he went the when he tried to finesse. I think it was oh. Shields moving moving forward. If he just kicked it long, yeah, mm. I think we had a one on one in the goal square or something. Like yeah, that. actually, I know exactly the moment you mean. Now that you mention it, uh, what about James Warple? I think this is a PB thirty four touches. He was great. Uh, did he ever? I mean, I, I, I didn't really look at it because I wasn't in the press box. I wasn't checking stats and mm-hmm. matchups or whatever. I don't know whether he whether he was supposed to be accountable for someone at the same time, whether his opponent got off the leash, but he, I thought his game was terrific. Well, he had the second most metres gained. He was incredible for there us, really. Seven clearances, eight inside 50s. And a disposal efficiency of 76, mm. which is up there for him. Yeah, it is, yep. And uh, Liam Shields, he brought up before, 31 touches, nine marks, seven clearances, and eight inside 50s. So we've got a few boys there getting quite a bit of the footy, but as Sc- always... Scully it's... needs to write a mention, I think. Yeah, he that's played true. quite well. Yep. And what do you think of Scully's year so far? Uh, I think given he's playing, we were led to believe he'd only be sort of come to the team after the bye. So the fact that we've got 10 games out of him has yeah. been terrific. I'm not sure he loves the physicality. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that against Essendon myself. But he's not in the team times, for that. No, but I think he's I think he's going to be okay. I think we'll see. He'll be better next year. Right. I still think it was a good pick. I thought mean, they paid for him. I think he's been a great pickup. Um, Someone asked him. Well, what's supposed to happen was you know, they were supposed to have these options of you know, Henderson and Scully and and Smith was supposed to give them all these options. It hasn't quite worked. I don't think they've worked out how to deploy the three of them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and use and the three of them to their Moore's strengths. out there too now. Yeah. So I think that this te- we'll talk a bit more about sort of medium and long term goals for the team, but trying to work get those three sorted out in one team is, is something they need to. Get fixed. I was going to say uh, something you brought up before. Uh, it's the catch cry of Hawthorne fans everywhere. Everything will be okay in 2020. <laughs> Not just Scully. She's been positive, list. aren't we? As a, oh, as a collective. <laughs> I don't is it arrogance or is it just, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it's a number of things. We see the ship riding itself. <laughs> <laughs> we heard from one of our listeners, Rick. Are we too structured and rigid? Should we loosen up a bit and try to play with a bit more freedom? Once again, I thought we did so in the first quarter, but that got snuffed out fairly quickly. And we did so in the last quarter when they were six goals down and, and like and, and quicker finger they got, they got to three goals. Well so. this is a thing across the league. If you go along if you if you're really far behind you actually start attacking and mm. it starts to work. Scully was interviewed and he said they asked him what the difference was between Hawthorne and GWS and he said Hawthorne have a huge focus on defence first. Whereas mm. GWS are working on how they can attack best. And I I feel like with the six six six, attacking might be a really good option. Yeah, for us, rather than putting all our talent behind the ball, which is something that Clarko loves to do. Well, considering we're struggling to hit the scoreboard, I'd say changing it up. Yep, change your focus, put it into attack, because we're not going to win games not making a hundred points ever. We haven't done it once this season. 
Well, I have really a theory. I have a theory before we get to Box Hill. Yep. Of why Mitch Lewis was dropped. Okay, go on. So that he could sort of find his niche with Ruffhead in the VFL before we deploy them against Sydney on Friday night. Oh, Both really? of them, twin towers. The dynamic duo. <laughs> Are you really thinking that's going to happen? <laughs> I hope it does. I I can't see why you you keep Ruffhead out of this lineup. Really, Ruffhead's played well there, CJ. Yeah, He's had a couple of games there. Yep. Even even when he hit that bolt in the concrete. Oh yes, that was, the, a, uh, that was a pretty A&Z. good game. That was at ANZ. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right, Ash. We need someone around here to keep him in line. Uh, <laughs> Just cut that bit. That was fine. <laughs> Uh, let's get to Box Hill now. Box Hill lost a nail-biter out at Windy Hill. Listen to this one on 3WBC. I was surprised that they were broadcasting it, but no, they were out there. And uh, slightly more professional than, than usual. Don't know why I'm throwing stones, but anyway. The Box Hill Hawks fell short against Essendon by 10 points. Four first-half goals from Jackson Ross threatened to be the difference in a match that saw nine lead changes and countless momentum swings. It's pretty exciting, pretty exciting stuff. Did you guys happen to tune in or follow, follow any coverage? No, professional... Yeah, interest dictate I watched North GWS, oh, yes. so yep. sort of thought better for me to uh, watch that. I did listen to, I caught a few minutes on the radio here and there, but um, uh, they're, they're Box Hill, what, they're fourth, four and four and out of the out of the eight at the moment. Yeah, so. that's right. They've they've slid to ninth now. I mean, it depends been... on Hawthorne to a large degree, I guess, in how, in how they're going, but I wonder how they might go with the injection of some Hawthorne senior talent over the, uh, the next few <laughs> oh, weeks. Oh, eh? no. <laughs> now, how many games do they need to be eligible for finals yeah. again? Is it, is it six? I think it's six. Yeah, we went through this exercise last year with a couple of them. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, now, I just want to flag Connor Nash. What's going on with him? He kicked a goal from 45 on the run, I think. That was even tweeted out by the VFL Box Hill account. They were as surprised as anyone. <laughs> but he's gone missing for the last month, ever since he's been dropped. Yeah. He hasn't. He didn't appear in the VFL for a couple of weeks. That's then, right, yeah. And then he did, and then he did not again, and mm-hmm. then the buy happened, and I'm just wondering what do you... I have no inkling that uh, but they clearly uh, rate him, they're clearly going to invest in him. And I think they're just quite happy to is he having, have to be dropped when he did. Is he having second-year blues? Is that what we're putting it down to? Uh, it might, might be a bit of that. Yeah. I hope that's all it is. I well, mean, he's a freakish He's a freakish talent. I mean, the, the package is great. But they just need to, to teach him how to play a bit more. Will Golds is another one that, that seems to be a bit of a freak. I'll mm. tell you my Will Golds story. So I'm having dinner with a um, recruiting manager from the AFL, an AFL club recruiting manager. We're having a, a dinner just around the court from here, actually. Um, Christmas break-up dinner last year with a few of a few journos and this guy, and, and with the question was posed to him by someone. Um, he said, which player do you think is the steal of the uh, rookie draft? And he said, Will Golds. And this guy knows I'm a Hawthorne supporter, but I said, are you just saying that to... Uh, are you just saying that to to impress me, he says, no, I think he's going to be a really good player. He should have been picked up beforehand. So, Stop smirking over there. There's such a big <laughs> grin on your face. You're so smug and satisfied. It's going to be so great. I can't... If they do finally um, put the names on the back of the jumpers, I think I'll be getting golds. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, you're nothing if not consistent. You've been on Will Golds for a <laughs> while. Uh, so you liked his form. What about uh, Pittenet, who's having a fantastic season at the moment, or a fantastic year, I should say. 49 um, hit-outs. Yeah, and 21 touches. <laughs> uh, Pittenet's 
It'll be interesting with Pidnett, won't it, uh, come the end of the season, what his, mm. um, what his situation will be, whether he decides he wants to move somewhere for him. Decide well, he, he might be like Braden Proust and decide I need to yeah. go somewhere and get more opportunity. That didn't yeah. work out. But Well, the thinking behind Proust of going to somewhere to get more opportunity, I mean, hopefully he stays at Hawthorne. Ruckman just take time, don't they? They're like backup mm. quarterbacks, you need them. But you've got to pay him and you just need him there. Well, the knock is that he's too slow. And he is. His physicality was good in the... Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, there's a bit of the old Mumford about yeah, it. Yeah, threw a couple <laughs> yeah. of blokes around, which yep. Hawthorne don't have a great deal of. So, um, yeah, if you, he's one player that intrigues me as to what happened. If you look into the future, though, could you play Pitnett and Reeves? One seems to be quite mobile. I haven't seen enough of Reeves to... Yeah, neither. To, to make a comment on him at this stage. Anyway, Miles is making his push for the uh, first again. Mm, 25 touches. Keeps getting overlooked. And uh, Morrison... He just can't get a look again. I I think they know Morrison is best twenty two, and they're trying other arrangements, aren't they? In the, in the AFL. Well, that's the uh, there is that suspicion that they know what they've got with a few of them, mm. but they don't know what they've got with a few of them, and that's dictating a bit of selection at the moment. And Daniel Howe's down there as well, just sort of keeping time. Yeah, the uh, the chatter on social media, deservedly so, uh, on Saturday afternoon when this game was being played, uh, Jackson Ross. Kicks four goals. He's leading the goal kicking down the VFL. Pick him already. He's second. Oh, he's second now. Yeah, okay, uh, he's Mark Lyle's gone ahead of him. Nevertheless. Jordan Lyle, sorry. Mark Lyle's his dad. <laughs> my age here. Nevertheless, he, uh, he can put through a goal or two. Is he ready? How ready do you have to be? Well. Because he, he is slight. He looks like a will-of-a-wisp. Yes. Looks like he get pushed off the ball. But he keeps kicking goals. Mind you. To half time he had four. And then not much. Yeah, he dropped off. But then, guess who picked up the slack? Mitch Lewis. <laughs> so he had three second half goals, did Mitch Lewis. I've noticed his pressure acts have been in- increasing, which will be mm-hmm. one of the one of the main things that uh, they're looking for for the AFL. Look, but I, you have to give him a go at some point. I well, mean, that's he's what I'm saying. Ridiculously well. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying against Sydney. It's just what more can the guy do? <laughs> he's, he's pushing for selection into a side that can't kick a winning score. So there's so many questions about the list, though. Are we just we're going to move on to the? Well, I mean, if he can't get in when he's kicking like that, yeah, he's a second-year player, so this is the old Hawthorne apprenticeship coming through. So I, 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 th- I think does he need another position? I don't know. I think he'll play before the end of the year. Right. Um, he might be the, the old the what Hawthorne's trying to play him in Tassie first game, which Hawthorne <laughs> was a, was a Hawthorne Classic. special there for a while, wasn't it? Yep. Um, oh, I've got free over about three weeks down there. So I that, nearly omitted to flag that Birchall's meant to be playing in the VFL this weekend. Apparently, so he thinks so. I d- yeah, I did some research where I came in because I saw that come. Apparently, he said on Triple M. Yes. On, yeah. on the weekend, or I imagine it was probably pre-game Friday night. Yep. If that, he was picking the team, he'd pick himself. So <laughs> he reckons he's right. Yeah, it was put to me that they were. Match committee didn't have confidence that the he he could go that next level to playing games, but at some stage because he's no doubt he's training well enough. Well, that was probably the number one thing I wanted to ask you about, Ash. Just any sort of inkling, like is he alive? What is Birchall <laughs> doing? Because the club are really keeping their lips tight on this. He's alive. You only have to watch the footage of the <laughs> games after the games. He's always there in the rooms with the trackie on. And yep. Um, my yeah, my understanding is he's training well. Um, there was a bit of reticence, uh, reluctance to push him to the next level. They weren't sure, but at some stage, you just got to bite the bullet. You got to give him that half a game of box hill this week. Mm. Um, see, so he gets through that. I mean, then he, you know, he's done the mini preseason that they like to do many times over. So, well, he could still get to two fifty. He's mm. got five to go. I've been wanting to write the two fifty story for <laughs> two years for the footy record. So I'm, 
I interviewed him for 200 and I thought, what am I going to ask him for 250? Because he was just flying through it. But now yeah. there's a whole story to be written yeah. about. You've got to blow the dust off that draft. 200 to 250 <laughs> in terms of uh, what he's been through. So, look, they Clarkson loves him. Mm. Absolutely loves him. So, if he can um, get through, if he gets through this week and then he's played maybe two more at uh, Box Hill, that gives him six or, set, six or seven weeks before the end of the season. And... Uh, that which we'll talk about this round twenty two game against Gold Coast <laughs> could be amazing. <laughs> so what's amazing in what respect? It could be a farewell game for about <laughs> four players, <laughs> and it could be Birch's two hundred fiftieth. So there's oh, all sorts wow. of things happening. Not to mention that. our plans, Tiz, where we're going to try and get a whole bay full of our podcast. To listeners. be honest, I thought that'd be the one to boycott. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if he does return this week to Box Hill, uh, you can catch him at Box Hill City Oval on Saturday to face Sandringham, who uh, the Hawks defeated by 41 points in round two. So, And at the hallowed time of 2.10. Jeez, a traditional game. I love a traditional game. It's quickly becoming not traditional, isn't it? Is it Darren Midgeton against his old club? Is he going to be back, is he? No, who knows? I think he's listed as one week on the hamstring. Okay, yeah, on the maybe, paper, so. maybe. All right, well, at this point in the podcast, uh, Ash, in organising you to uh, return to the podcast, we love having you back on, uh, you flagged there might be some things that you'd like to talk about. So, so I, I guess uh, we'll call this segment uh, an open forum with Ash Brown. <laughs> well, off the back of Tom Scully, I think we just put the mics down. And... <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. You called that from a long way out. Listeners love it. You got a few questions asking who's he next to, but we'll get to that later. And the fact that we got him for so little. Packet of chips. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get stuck in. Where do you want to start? What have you got to tell us? You, don't, you ask the questions. And <laughs> okay. oh, we'll All right, right. Well, it really is an open forum. Okay, well. And we go, we'll go through the list like we did last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, this is, sorry, list. This is now a four-hour podcast <laughs> and it uh, won't be split up into parts. Well, let's, play, let's go. Th- we'll start the list. And I mean, I'll discuss this on SEN today. I was asked the question, so we might as well discuss it here. Is who will be gone by the end of the season? Who, who stays and who goes? And the possibility of you know up to five players. Hmm. Leaving the club, you had to say Roughhead is in his final season. Yep. Sean Marker's. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I don't think he'll play no, he past won't. this season. No. No. Uh, then we've got um, Poppy. Bur- Poppy. Well, Poppy is the interesting. Poppy's the one I can't. Poppy and Burgoyne are the two that I. I mean, in your views on Poppy's defensive acts are still there, and if he has to come out yeah. of the side, then there's no one really who can replicate that. But his offensive output is really dipped. Yeah, and he's I, good for goal a game, and uh, you know, specky every couple. He doesn't of games get over the and, back anymore. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's where he, that's what made him such a, a valuable player to the side. But we don't have that out of him now. So that's it's exactly right. It's a fair assessment. I think in both cases, does he deserve another. I don't think he get gets another year on the back. I mean, well, the defensive acts. I don't think carry him past this season. Well, I, I, like it's harsh on both players. I kind of don't want either to be at the club, only because we've got to at some point start looking to the future. But what? does worry me is the very thing you've pointed out. In both cases, I don't see ready-made replacements coming through. When you take Puapolo out of this team, well, it's more, not... more would be the guy they're really? looking at there. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe they're looking at him, but yeah, and that'll take time, but there's no one who well, I'm Poppy, like... Poppy took a long time. Well, true, true. Well, he was a, and he joined as a halfback. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just not super confident in replacements for either guy at the moment, but that being said, we have to move on at some point, so... It sounds like Ash, you're, you you might be as brutal as me in terms of moving players on after this season. I'd be happy. I mean, I'd be sad because he's been a warrior for the club. Be sad to Bergon go, but I think it's the right call at the end of the year. Yeah. Bergon's the intriguing one. Um, at, the, at this stage, he's playing. I don't. Th- I think he's lost half a step. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. 
And even though he and he's had the one hamstring again this year, I think if he gets a second hamstring this year, that'll certainly be that's the, it. That'll yeah. be it. If he gets through unscathed at the end of the year, they've got a tough decision to make. But he still makes it, excellent decisions. If they're while making, he's out if they're there. moving out four or five others, do you just do the old Australian cricket team and and stagger them over? They stagger over a couple of years. We've well, been staggering for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I that that's the tricky one. I as much as you know, like all Hawthorne and I think all footy people, you, you adore Sean Burgoyne. Maybe There's this, is, only... this is where Clark. This is where this is where yeah. Clarko, the Clarko who moved Hodge, Mitchell, and Lewis on in that fashion. Mm. Well, I have no hesitation in moving Burgoyne on in a similar fashion than he is. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't. I don't have a read on it, mm. but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not at the club. The one that scares me is if Frawley yes comes off the list. I think Frawley gets another year for sure. Frawley makes us all nervous from time to time, but I think when he's pl- when he's playing well and playing with confidence, he's still a good negating mm. defender. I would give Frawley without hesitation another season. Right. It just puts um, but it places not... a lot of importance on the next year because even if you give him another season, he's going at some point. And what I fear is there's nothing beneath him. What we've brand? We've got, we got Brand. Well, yeah. you know I like Brand. Oh, you got Cozzy. <laughs> maybe Brand is a better player. <laughs> Again, there's no great confidence with Brand, but maybe Brand's a better player knowing that Spots his and Frawley. No, Frawley's not going to come back in two, three weeks to take his spot. Maybe Brand needs to be backed in. I worry about Brand when he's in space and there's a skill error. I think some of his defensive works efforts are quite Mm. good, but I worry when he suddenly he's got some space. He's got five meters and fumbles the ball or turns the ball over, and there's invariably one sort of growing moment every game that Brand's responsible for. And they drafted Kaziski as a key defender, but he's hardly Mm. got on the park all year himself. Well, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I'm a bit worried. It's a bit odd, but. Box Hill don't lose when he's out there. Mm. So they're, they're, that's where the big calls are. And then the, the secondary part of that is, do we see any of them in the se- Do we see Roughhead again? That's why I think this is, um, while we're all keen to play the kids and see the kids going forward and giving opportunities to young players. You've got to have a good mix. You've got to have a bit of a mix. And, mm. and they've got an opportunity to do something, I think, in this Gold Coast game in round, 23, round 22. It's, I mean, terrible... I mean, you've got, to, you've got to take your lumps and play one game, home game at Marvel. Yep. 4.40 on a Sunday in round 23 against Gold Coast. So you, ordinarily, you'd close the top deck. Yeah, and you could you could bribe Stewie Jew with a <laughs> packet of Allens or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did so, you see that? Yeah, Did you see that on the weekends? Yeah. Some yep. random threw a lolly into the box and he just picked it up and ate it, no question. <laughs> Given that the last game they use in Perth uh, against West Coast, mm. th- there's an opportunity this round 23 to make it a... A cele- you know, salute to the star, celebration sort of game. Roughhead should play. Yep. Um, and even if you're building for the future, I know it was interesting. Josh Gibson did want to play a farewell game a couple of years ago. He said, oh, "It's just one more game that a, a young bloke can play." But I think, in this instance, the club would say to Roughhead, "I'm not sure about showing makers, to be honest, but the Roughhead's the one that you want to send off properly." They're really, they've got three home games left. Mm. Yeah. They came with the silly Jeez, draw. It's an awful, awful fixture. Awful fixture. Last MCG home game, July five. Yeah. See, what you need to do, guys, is you need to finish first on the ladder. That's where the good stuff really is. We've I seen saw, that with Richmond. Yeah, I saw that tweet, yeah. Yep. It's pretty good, isn't it? From uh, the bye till the end of the season, they travel once. See, I'm, They go I'm, up and play the Suns, and then the rest of their games at the MCG, uh, I think there's one at Marvel, actually, but they've got five home games at the MCG. They've well, got seven in a row. We'll talk about the MCG. See, I'm getting a bit paranoid. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm getting a bit paranoid now. Oh. a Hawthorne supporter. I hear the tinfoil hats well, around getting, as well. We're getting a terrible fixture, yeah. which is costing us one to two and a half million yeah. in ticket sales yep. or profit. And then we're, lose, we're, we're finding it hard to get funding for Dingley. 
the mm-hmm. AFL is n- not helping us there. They're trying to kick us out of Tassie by 2021. And then they're going for us on the pokies as well. They're just hammering at every <laughs> niche that Hawthorne has. Well, we might have thrown a lot at you there, Ash. Uh, <laughs> no, I've, got, I've got views on all of them. So all right, all right. Well, you, you so. want to talk about the MCG first. What, what's your view on that? Okay, so my understanding, I had talking to a, a, a prominent Hawthorne person recently, um, that my understanding is that several years ago, Hawthorne was offered a an eight-figure sum to leave Tasmania. Hmm. And the club said, no, we're not ready to do that. That offer is not on the table anymore. Yep. The deal will look something like this, and there will be a deal. And, and if you l- listen to Jeff Kennett's, if you interpret what Jeff Kennett has to say... he's yeah. Leading with a lot of aggression, <laughs> he's he, he's posturing for a, there's a deal to be done. The language has changed. It's not it's not like we are not leaving Tasmania hell or high water. It's well, if you really want us to go, tell well, us. Well, he, yeah. he took out uh, he took out any idea of a Tasmanian side. Yeah, because he's, he's pretty sh- abruptly. Yeah, but I think aside, I think Tasmania's finally got the right people involved to get it. They'll get a team now because they've actually got the right people. They actually worked out down Tasmanian. Hello to all our Tasmanian friends. That um, they're not owed a team. They've actually no. got to demonstrate yes. why they should have one. And I think they finally got that. But if they add one more, don't they have to add another somewhere? Yes, that would be a third team in Queensland or WA. Oh, okay. But that's just me. That's just totally me. Not, not, so not a relocation then? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so the deal for Hawthorne to leave Tasmania, I believe, will be something on the lines of $5 million from the AFL for Dingley. Hawthorne has never had any... Hawthorne's the one club that's never been given any money from the AFL for yep. facilities. Mm. And they've kept their powder dry, kept their powder dry so at the right time. What would we have had to give Labor for the $20 million, by the way? What was... <laughs> <laughs> you no. privy to the deals on that? No, it wasn't. That was, uh, that was a good deal. Um, so there'll be money. And I think there'll be money forthcoming still from the federal government for it. Because okay. they've retailed the whole facility. I mean, when Dingley first came out, it was going to be an elite well, facility. With, it was going to be with, you yeah. know, trees around it and yep. secrecy and... Now it's very much along the lines of uh, it's a community facility that Hawthorne will be an anchor tenant for, which is how mm. you get money out of the government. Sure is. <laughs> so the deal will be something along the lines of five mil or so from the AFL plus some government money for Dingley. Guaranteed home games at the MCG, I would say eight or nine guaranteed home Ooh, games. That which is Richmond mm. and Collingwood and Melbourne all get yep. that. So Hawthorne will get the same deal as those clubs for nine minimum home games at the MCG. Have to play two at Marvel. That time, even Collingwood and Richmond have to play home yeah, games at Marvel. Yeah, that's fine. And there'll be some sort of underwriting of sponsorship and membership shortfalls over a sliding period. Actually, I think what happened when they left Waverley, they had a bit of an arrangement as well for a couple of years until what happens until with, the bounce. They've still got a long back. time on the Waverley uh, deal. Mm-hmm. That was a hundred year deal. <laughs> yeah. For a buck or something, <laughs> so and the and part of the deal might be that the the Waverley facility gets handed to the AFL for community development. So I know there'll be a couple of um, other sports that would jump at the chance to take over Waverley. So I would imagine that Waverley gets handed to football in some shape or form. Right. Notice I say football on the AFL because it might go to some community facility. Mm-hmm. That's how the deal will likely turn out. Um, whether they continue one-year deals for Tassie until they've got a team. That, that sounds like a, a fairly good deal for us in Victoria, but the, the Tassie supporters are going to be blindsided. 
Well, no, they've had it too good for too long, Tiz. Well, but the Tassie... <laughs> and where are we going to have uh, all uh, the first gamers? The Tassie, <laughs> but the Tassie, I mean, the Tassie people, again, I'd love to hear from some Tassie people, but the Tassie fans rusted on Hawthorne fans or they for just life. walk to? Or they Hawthorne mm. supporters because that's what we've got. But yeah. I'm always, my allegiance will always be to a true Tassie team once we have I one. thought it was, you know, Peter Hudson brought them all to the club. Well, there's an element of that. And same with Richmond and Carlton. And and Ri- Rodney Richmond Eid through, and... Richmond through Royce Hart and Carlton through Brent Croswell have always had big following in, in Tasmania. And St Kilda through Ian Stewart and Vernon Howell. So they're the four teams that have always had big supporter bases down Tassie. Um, but that's how I see it playing out. And that's what will be really interesting. And I think Kennett's last big deal, he's got, what, he's got a year and a half to go. The exit strategy from who do we know who's going to take over from Kennett? That I don't know. Well, you, you're counting down. Oh, it is after today's comments. Well, he's he's a bit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been a pretty harrowing weekend. I mean, yeah, it has. They all hung Stratton out to dry, the and then there's on, no then, video evidence. The on, Jeff picked up the, the shovel and Jeff, started digging. Jeff, Jeff is not enjoying it as much as he's not as invested as he was the first time around. Mm. He's not travelling to interstate to every game like he did the first time around. Okay. So he's really driven in just um, finding a successor. Well, he took an emergency call to come in, yeah. didn't he? Mm. Yeah. He's just... Wasn't part of his plan. No, and he's he's, just, he moves yeah. on. Um, so he's just trying to find a successor. I think he wants to exit uh, Hawthorne from Tasmania. I think Dingley is more um, Justin Reeves. Is it? Go. I suspect Reeves is the one who will make Dingley happen. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a bit of an ego and project. Bored, and they've got bored. No, well, Dingley was been in place even before Jeff was, okay. was. I think Andrew Newbold was the one who first flagged right. flagged Dingley. So I think Kenneth obviously wants to make sure what, on his watch that it all goes to plan. Well, that's what and he he's talk, still a very good person. That's what he talks about at all the AGMs. It's all about Dingley. But he's yep. very, and he's still a very good person to sit down and talk to donors. And he's the one who goes in and sells it and gets the money yep, out well, of people. Even <laughs> reached across the aisle to Labor. <laughs> No, he didn't go to that announcement, I don't think. He, didn't went, he? he went at the same time with Eddie to the uh, fire game, whatever. The that's right, game, yeah, you too, and, uh, yeah. left uh, Reevesy and uh, a couple of players to go down <laughs> oh, to... Oh, that's uh, great. I didn't notice that Dingley. nuance. Um, but, so that's why that's why there's a fair bit going on off the field at the moment as well. So it's, it's, it's not so sexy for the big football, I think, for Hawthorne people. No, but it's tremendously important. Yeah, for Hawthorne people, what's happening over the next 12 to 18 months is really interesting. And as you say, really important that they get it right. And there's so many big decisions that have to be made. Because we don't want to be controlled by the AFL, mm. which is what a number of clubs are contending with now. Yeah, and that's always been just brag that we're not in the control yeah. of the AFL because we're financially independent. So, And he's got to maintain that. And so the pokies well, that they're trying to take, and it does sound like if we're taking, what do you say, underwriting from the AFL for the membership and things like that, then we're sort of in their grasp there. Look, the AFL, and I, this I can say because uh, Jack's dad, Ray, is the AFL executive charged with looking at... The, Gunston. Yeah, yep. looking at the uh, gaming industry and mm-hmm. how the AFL clubs can extract from there. But there's an understanding at the AFL that... that that Hawthorne shouldn't just walk away and be left without the revenue stream. That's not fair. Right. You build up a business. Um, you shouldn't have to walk away. But what Hawthorne have yet to demonstrate. And maybe Dingley will be the revenue stream. Maybe Dingley mm. and all of and the huge facility they're building and f- facilities for hire. And what, that so is that going to dwarf everyone else now? 
if once that's built, is that going to be? They're certainly talking like it is. That's the best one. Well, it's, yeah. uh, can I use the expression? It's a dick pulling exercise. The, uh, <laughs> these facilities and every club has its. Well, Frio's five. got some ridiculous. Yeah, every every club facility when it's open is the best one in the in the okay. AFL. It's the best one in the AFL. <laughs> D- uh, Waverley was for about a year when really? it first opened okay. and it was overtaken, but now I think. Dingley will be the best when it opens for a, for a period of time until someone else comes along. Although when you look at what clubs do, there's not many clubs left building. Most clubs have their big um, new facilities. Hawthorne's probably the one that doesn't. So there's a fair chance when Dingley opens, it will be the best and might be the best for a period of time. They certainly hope that's a, um, a that, part of being a destination club. Is yeah, that do they do think players actually want, take that into account? Oh, I think they do to a degree. I mean, there was um, a... For, Gold Coast and Brisbane was a big problem, they said. Yes, it's interesting with Brisbane. Brisbane are moving from the Gabba, which is tired and cramped. They're moving to Spring Water or Springfield or something. Yeah, something, like that. Some, yeah. something like with Spring. It's like moving from, um, for a player, it's like moving from Fitzroy, groovy Fitzroy, to out to um, Deer Park or something like that. Right. It's not exactly... It's throwing it. shade at our Deer Park yeah. listings. No problem there. <laughs> it's, it's moving from a hippie in, a, in an area with you know, right. eight cafes within spitting distance of the club to a sort of facility where they're out on their Sounds own. Sounds a bit but, like Seaford mm. and the St Kilda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they, there's no room for them to move at all, the Gabba, so it's, it's the right way for them to go. I think Dingley will be attractive for... Uh, will make it. A, it's meant to be such a great facility for the players. They're going to want for nothing that it's going to help sell Hawthorne as a... Destination. What, what about for um, people called Stephen uh, possessing the surname uh, Canelio? <laughs> what, what would it be attractive to those individuals? Well, uh, Jager driving that shared carpool with Jager every day with his yeah. best mate. They'd be very happy. I don't know. I my gut feel on Canelio is he's not going to come. Same here. Someone on uh, Hawk Talk Pod. What did he say? He said they're doing oh, a Franklin. Drew, I think it was one of our listeners, Sam, at Hawk Talk Pod, mentioned that. Uh, that Franklin was uh, was played out of position too, and we all know what happened with that. <laughs> so we're a bit buoyed by that revelation. Kicked a good, a good goal, Canelio, uh, uh, yesterday. This is an unpopular theory, uh, viewpoint for the listeners here. I actually hope he stays at the Giants because uh, the Giants, uh, it'd be good for the Giants to see a couple of the young kids who came from the start just play the whole careers there. The player I think we're going to get. <laughs> okay, okay, I just interrupted here. I'm not going the whole year speculating about taking a GWS player to end up with nothing. So who is this going to be? Are we robbing the Giants of someone again? No. Of course we is this, are. Is, yes. this the, is this the pattern? No. It's oh, not, John John Patton it's not Patton. Not Patton. Okay. I think we might be getting Patton. But oh, we, need a, we need a drum roll. Oh, I'll edit one in. Here we go. It's <laughs> happening now, Tiz. There you go. Just a bit more work for me. Off you go, Ash. The player I've been told that they're into big time is Whitfield. Hello. We already had a, had a go for Whitfield mm. and came up short. No, but I think Whitfield becomes a free agent at the end of 2020. Right. Okay. I've been told that he's more certain to come to Hawthorne than Scully ever was. That it's like, it, wow. he, it is known, it is a known fact that he's going to play. When he's, time's up at the Giants, when he's, he won't sign a new contract the Giants. He's a Peninsula boy. Father mm. played Hawthorne Reserves with Schwabby. Grew up a big Hawthorne supporter and that's where he's going to come. Well, it's decent mail, Tiz. Watch this space. Uh, Cogs and Mr. Burns in two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going both. I Jeez. don't think... See, now, the, where, where it's interesting with Whitfield, we talk about the, the draft picks, is that we all hope Hawthorne keeps its number one pick, which could be a top six, seven pick this year. The one player that I would be prepared to see them let go of was if they, were doing Whit, if they went to the Giants. Well, instead of getting, losing Whitfield for nothing at the end of 2020, we'll give you our first round pick for him now. 
that discussion will take place. I'm convinced that discussion will take place at the end of the year. Now, whether the Giants say bite or probably say probably more well, they're getting, say, no, good stuff. But, isn't the premiership window up there sort of slowly closing? Well, probably the next couple of years it's it's wide open for them. So they'd probably leave him to play another year. I think so, but then at the end of the year, when he becomes a free agent, the cashed-up Hawks, as they always seem to be, uh, may, may be in a position to do something. So this is just... Josh you know, Jenkins. I don't have really hard mail. This is more a, a gut feel. But Yeah, we started the, the Jenkins uh, the Nash, Nash Jenkins medal. medal. <laughs> God, that's fizzed out, isn't it? Well, Nash will come back. Yeah, I hope so. But Jenkins, <laughs> they could be playing in the same forward line. <laughs> you reckon? Ash, are we in the market for a Josh Jenkins type? Say, for instance, Josh Jenkins from I'm Adelaide. Just, I'm just looking for a forward we can kick to who's just... As long as he contests, well, brings think, the ball to ground. He's, well, we, but who's we, out there? I mean, who who are the key forwards? I mean, Patton's been linked to Hawthorne. Yep. Can't get on the park. Can't get on the park, which yeah. makes him prime Hawthorne. And this is the third time Patton's been linked. Yes. So that, that I've heard I've heard no mail other than what I've read. That, mm. Well, he's um, from Roval, isn't he? Yeah. He was spotted at Waverley, but apparently it was the gym downstairs or something. But, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Sipping the on gym downstairs. Uh, <laughs> sipping on a Luke Hodge smoothie if they still have those. Probably not. Um, so here's the one. I don't know who, who else. I mean, clubs don't get rid of. It's very rare they get rid of their. Uh, well, there's, there are forwards. some weird things happening at Adelaide, though. They don't seem to be looking after their best players. They're just. Well, Bryce Gibbs, I think, will be back at, playing back in Victoria for someone next season. So there, there's a few relationships deteriorating over there. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I think there are some cultural issues as they say at that footy club. I don't think Hawthorne will be the beneficiary of any of it. But um, very hard to deal with a grand final loss of the of the type they had, though. Yeah, is that what it's all dating back to, or oh, is it the bus that. trips? That yeah, that's right. The the club song being played repeatedly. Richmond Blind club fonts. song. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I'm not sure. That uh, Tex Walker is the most galvanising figure within the footy club. I know he's co-captain, is he, with Sloan? Yeah, co-captain. Yep. Sloan, hang on, whenever that. anyone says this, they always come out with the vote that he won to best captain in the AFL. Were they were the players voting ironically? or <laughs> I, I'm sure that actually happens. If yeah. you ever yeah. had that to vote for a, yeah. for a class captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher stepped in a couple of times, I reckon. Speaking of captains... Yes. Uh, Ash, what's your take on uh, one Ben Stratton? <sighs> now, well, it's a non-issue, isn't it? He's, well, okay. So he's done it for th- 10 years. Why are they picking him up this week? Probably because Jordan Lewis mentioned it on, I think it was AFL 360 or something. He mentioned it offhandedly. He wasn't going after Stratton, but he kind of tabled it as, oh, yeah, look, he's, a, he's an annoying Part of his game. Against. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, he's annoying, basically. And then that kind of tabled it as an issue. I don't think Lewis meant it, but... Now, well, it happened it against Charlie Radar. Cameron before that's the bye. Right, yeah, yeah, that's so right. That's three weeks ago now. Yep. If the umpire had paid a free kick, uh, it would have been all over. Yeah. Either against Brisbane, instead of laughing at the clash. Yes, or, that's right. Or if he, pay, if he pays a free kick in the first quarter on Friday night, inside 50, and Fantasia gets a goal, it doesn't happen again. So yeah. I think in a way, he's been unlucky, Stratton. He shouldn't have done it. I mean, he was a dick. So he, hmm. he shouldn't have done it. But hasn't he been it. doing it for a long time? But then, if he's do, do it for a long time and then stamp it out, it's pay free. If it's, if it's wrong, pay, if it's illegal, pay free kick. Yeah. How, how come it always seems to be Hawthorne players that are getting picked up for the gut punches and then that gets outlawed? And then mm. I think, are we on the edge of these things all I the think, time? I think 
the unsocial hawks is still a thing. It's still it's still in the psyche of I hope so. decision makers. At the, the well, at decision makers. So far, the only unsociability we've seen of late has been Pitney throwing blokes around. Yeah. Um, and Ruffhead I still think when uh, Dangerfield's yeah. in front of him. <laughs> I think they're still lingering the unsocial hawks. Um, the umpires, he's paying the price for indecisive umpires. Um, the stomping. I've only saw, I saw the stomp, but apparently retaliated. Apparently it was done to him, and then right. he, he retaliated. I haven't seen that, but that's I've well. There's heard. a story that hasn't been highlighted at um, all. But by I don't, anyone. Again, I haven't seen that. So, yeah. um, but the other one is what I found most disturbing was the AFL Commission chairman passing comment on it, saying this is not something we like to be see at the football, and it'll be sorted out during the week. Tribunal's supposed to be independent, mm-hmm. is it not? I was under no illusions that it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of things that are supposed to be in the AFL, but they're not. It's supposed to be independent. There are the bits that aren't meant to speak to one another in heard, the AFL. Yeah. I have heard you know, Gil McLaughlin being asked about and, and predators being asked about episodes, and they said, well, it's before the tribunal, and I will we'll leave it to them. But without the prejudicial, we'd like, we don't want to see these things in the game. So, again, I find that interesting. So Gil hasn't had the best week, though. Gil has not had the best week. I think Gil, Gil's a ripping bloke. When I worked for the AFL, he made it a great place to work at. It was, it's a really fun, buzzy, vibey place to work. He made it a fun place to come to work. I think he's been really good with the AFL, but I think he's showing a, a bit of signs of someone who's been there for a, a long time. He's a little bit comfortable in, well, in the job. Well, so that's not his... Um, the stadium management and the behavioural awareness officers and all those mm. kind of things and picking people out of the crowd and... We had a bloke in front of our bay that had turned around at the every time a goal was kicked just to check what people were doing. Yeah, he'd get up out of his seat and have a look around, and then sit back down again. Um, that's that's not Gill, but he's going to carry the can for that. Is that right? The security people take a brief from their employers. The security hmm. people don't make a decision, make up their mind all of a sudden. Hey, this is get this barricade is getting out of hand. They they're paid a fee by the stadium management, and this is what we this is what we expect. It's in the contract. This is what we require you guys to do. So somewhere someone's had a word with the security company saying um, you need to be more enforce this, this yeah. or enforce A, B, or C. So the AFL have been a bit, bit disingenuous, I think, in saying we haven't changed anything. It might have come from stadium management, which is well, I, which well, is now fully owned, the well. fully owned division yeah. of the well, AFL. Well, so. well, this is what's happened. So you rewind about three or four days ago, where Gil comes out and says a lot, but one of the takeaways was. There's been no change in policy. It's the same as it's ever been. Go to the footy, barrack, be sensible about it. There's been no change in policy. Well, They've come out today. Well, Jared Whiteley's pulled him up and said that's just total... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it is. Let's just take that at okay. face value. Let's, let's say that's true. So they've come out today. There's been reports of the AFL have met with people at Marvel Stadium off the back of what's happened over the weekend, and they're going to uh, change things. So... It's a free-for-all. Is there a problem or isn't there a problem? Because there wasn't a problem three days ago, but think, over the weekend something's changed I and get now the they want to make sweeping alterations. was made to me by someone that the crowd violence early in the year became a concern. Oh, yeah. And maybe they see the barracking. Well, there's been a few crowd, episodes. The crowd comments are what fuel the... Mm. Violence. So if you nip the barrack, the extreme barracking in the bud, then you're yep. not going to get the violence. Yep. And that the AFL might be very, again, this is someone put to me that the AFL might be acting on um, a bit of a instruction from the Victoria Police. Mm. 
I can see that. I can, yeah. I can see well, them. Being, I can see them passing the buck like that. Yeah. I, I can see the. Please, being, the AFL, listen. This is what you need to do to, yeah. to butt it out. Others will get more involved, and that's a bad. Or, or we'll charge you more to yeah. police. Well, that, that is a reasonable um, concern that they had because those incidences were getting a bit out of control. Um, but I, I would, I would say that it's more to do with the administration by the uh, umpiring at the game, and also hmm. you see when there's less scoring. Tighter games, mm. lower scoring games, I would say, not necessarily tighter games, but games with less elation, mm. so less outpouring of happiness. Sure, yeah, and basically just tense, yeah, yeah. boss line type games. <laughs> <laughs> you get more crowd aggression, yeah, and and between one another as well. I just don't want it to get to any point where. The OHNS or the police have so much control that they're just going to say, "All right, you need to be separated," which is basically the end game here. A lot of this, I feel like, would be solved. The the rift between the fans and the league, if the league just went about it a bit differently, which I I sort of touched upon in last week. It's not like they go about doing things like making sure all the Hawthorne supporters who pay Mm. to be in a Hawthorne supporting bay are only. In a Hawthorne supporting bay, they mm. usually sell tickets and the opposition fans come in. That's always a complaint by the members to the clubs. I'm just saying if they perhaps acted a bit more empathetically. So no, it's right, all sorry. about the cash. That's what I'm trying to <laughs> underline there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. But they they could help themselves by going... Everything is secondary to the cash. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Tiz. I'm very much on that platform with you. But they could easily just put out some fires by saying, look, we're here we we're going to address this and maybe we were wrong which they don't ever seem to be able to do ever i don't think it would hurt them they think it would hurt them apparently because they never do it but i think it would be a massive step for them to go yeah we can actually tell that the, how the, is your enjoyment factor of the game yeah not of the result but of yeah, the of, of the of actual the, being yeah. there it was less cuz that's something it was less it just was I, I had, uh, and the crowd was quite quiet at, at times is it true that a Hawthorne supporter was ejected for the old you cheated we three-peated? Oh, I said that on the weekend, but I don't know if anyone was ejected for it. I'd love to know. At Hawks Gee, that would be interesting. I think I might have, I think... Are you a rage barracker, Ash? <laughs> I, I oh, don't okay. see it. No. I've, look, and this is going to sound... There must be moments. <laughs> I've taken the decision, and this is going to sound like I'm a, a, bit of a, a, uh, a bit of a wanker, but I don't barrack much of the foot anymore because there, occasionally I get recognised. Okay. No, no, that's fair. And being yeah. on the radio and what have yeah. you, and so even though everyone, it's pretty, it's an open knowledge. Messian mentioned if you worked on a break for Hawthorne, but I don't think it does me much good to get up there and rant and rave the footy. I don't think it does much for me. So I've now very much sit quietly, clap a little bit. Occasionally, I'll get out of my seat and give the arm fist if there's been a great. Piece. It hasn't been much of that this year, but <laughs> <laughs> after a great piece of play, but I just sit back and enjoy it. And the other thing is, because when you deal with all all the clubs as I do, you lose your... I mean, it's great when Hawthorne meets Essendon, but, you know, I've met some really good people at Essendon, so... Yeah, sure. So you can be so happy for other results, I went yeah. to the... And I, I knew I'd change for Goodwin after the first game of 80 of 2017 when Hawthorne lost to Essendon, that, their first game back after the... Mm. All back, went to Essendon rooms, and you couldn't help but be caught up in excitement and happy for them. Essendon just beaten Hawthorne, and, you know, you think, <laughs> ordinarily, I'd be... <laughs> Oh, I was so shattered. So and there's Ash down there enjoying himself. Is <laughs> <laughs> this what the listeners want? So, no, still, so still, still back for Hawthorne, but I don't get. I'm not a ranter over the football anymore. No, it's, right? a, it's so a credit to you. Can you be more analytical? I suppose. Yeah. Too. yeah, I'm also looking a bit more at matchups, and I'm more in the back of my mind is, and I knew from 
I hadn't really written much about Hawthorne this year in my SEN column. And I knew that if they weren't going to... That Hawthorne, sorry, if they didn't beat Essendon. So even from the second quarter, I started to think, you know, matchups and what does this all mean and that sort of that sort of stuff. So it doesn't diminish, you know, I'm going to get my 40-year membership certificate at the game next week. Oh, uh, beautiful. Congratulations. So, which is Amazing. Great. So... Um, who who gives that to you? They do a very nice job. It's actually Kenneth and Reeves at at a function before the West Coast game. Great. Wow. My mate of mine got it a few years ago. He had it was morning tea out at Waverley. He's very disappointed that uh, <laughs> I'm getting uh, I'm getting right. a, a function at the game like followed don't check by the list, Ash. Hey? Yeah, <laughs> a lunch, a, a meal at the game, I think, or certainly a snacks at the game, followed by two seats on N fifty six, which is mm. great seats. Mm. So, so it's all yeah. You still love the club. And the club's given incredible enjoyment over all these years, but I just find I can't be a position where I just rant and rave at the foot anymore. And how do you think? So we play Melbourne. You, that's my <laughs> for team. For some reason, Melbourne. <laughs> that's the team I can't stand. <laughs> the one team I still can't help but get into arguments with are Melbourne supporters. So I attend that to watch. <laughs> so it's one game I sit in the MCC now because I've got the membership. But it's a one game I just take myself off to the AFL. It's an awful enclosure. place to be, isn't it? Awful place to be. With Kindred spirits here. Oh, I tell geez. you what, they I've appeal heard you for every support. free kick. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's stuff I can't even see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're terrible supporters. So I just move myself away to the AFL enclosure because no Melbourne supporters in the AFL enclosure. <laughs> <laughs> If you're fourth on your way team, it's just like a home game. Now you're sitting there and you're, and you're thinking, how do you think Clarko's coaching this year? Are you, It's something for me that I'd struggle with because I know he's a great coach, but I feel well, like I he's, he's I think testing he, his players. I think he delivered. I think the Adelaide win in round one had his fingerprints all over yep. it. I mm -hmm. think the comeback against North Melbourne. The GWS game? Had was his, that? Clark, I think Clarko's coaching superbly this year. I think, I think he's helpless. I think he knows he can. there, he, there are certain situations and matchups he can engineer the way he'd like it and other ones he knows I think he enters the start of the game thinking well, it's tough today I mean I fear for what Conway are going to do to Hawthorne well, that, that, I fear what Geelong mm. are going to do to Hawthorne the second time around I fear what the Giants at Canberra well, that was a strange game wasn't it the Geelong game because we shouldn't have been anywhere near them and mm. yet we hung in like there's a lot of grit and determination in that game yeah I I, I think that um, I think that uh, Clarko's coached pretty well this year and um, he's up for the challenge I'm not sure whether Scott Burns would be the forward coach. Yeah, would be sleeping so easily at night. I think. Well, that that was going to be my counterpoint too. Do you uh, like? Because he acknowledges the between the lines. That's right. Yeah, that, and that was something at least to cling on to after what was a disappointing. I think loss the back line, I think the backline. All things is, I think backline's been pretty solid this year. It has, I, yes. I think the midfield, given it's without its best player, I think it's held up mm -hmm. as best it can this year. I think Mitchell's. I think Sam Mitchell's done some nice. I mean, Warple's development this year has been incredible. Yeah, yeah crazy. It's incredible, and that's why even if, Cousins if, has been very good. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you think imagine if if Warple can go in twenty three games of, of 40, <laughs> a forty a pick yeah. forty five to what he's done through twenty three. What can Hawthorne do with a number six or seven pick next year? Well, we're going to get uh, Finn McGuinness too, aren't we? For nothing, he just well, walks to the very club. Sentimental when it comes to father son. Well, we still don't have a father son academy, which mm. I think you mentioned last time. We might be looking at <laughs> that in the future. Well, they're very. But it's you know, they didn't bite on Harry Deer. They didn't bite on Peter Curran's son, which proved it. Well, they haven't decisions. really been embarrassed. Well, Kennedy's the one that did That's embarrass it. them. Yeah. Um, and Will Lakeford, they sort of in a roundabout way got him as a far, you know, look, he's a premiership hero. So I think um, McInnes would be interesting. I, my understanding, he's, he, they farm out all the to the different clubs over the summer. McInnes went to Hawthorne and created a very big impression. So I think they'll have a good So we're on the money there? 
I think we'll get McInnes, but and they hopefully they'll use the points and get him with a second round pick and. And hopefully we're low enough to get Anderson. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, that's a side. That whole Anderson rail situation is fascinating. I can see them both going to Gold Coast. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, what do you want for the rest of the season from Hawthorne? What do you? Like? I'd be very happy if Hawthorne. I'd be. I given playing the Hawthorne can play the long game. They've got my goodwill, and I suspect from reading message wards and others, they've got the goodwill of a lot of supporters. Mm. Jeez, Facebook. Do you get on Facebook much, Ash? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't go to Facebook, but I don't trust the Facebook fans. And, and fair enough. It's a different beast. We're, we're blessed the, with a good little community of actually, our own. Yeah. Community yeah. Apart from that, that. I belong to the same community as you on, online yeah. for Hawthorne, and I think that community is made of, of bright people. I would take a I would take a bottom six finish this year. Yeah. Play the kids. I really want to see Jones. I really want to see... Um, Hanrahan, I really want to see uh, Ross. I don't think Giath is ready. I'm intrigued by Walker, but I don't think he is ready. I think he's a mercurial okay. player. Yeah, seems he to reminds be. me of Tony Hall. Okay, yes. Um, so I, Walker and Giath can wait till next year. I'll, Miles, I've seen what I've seen with Miles. I, uh, I don't need to see him play anymore. I like to see how brought back in. I like to see Morrison brought back in, mm-hmm. and. And the bottom six fixture, I imagine. And the bottom six fixture will do me... No, but the problem the bottom six fixture probably means they commercially they won't get a great fixture next year. But um, I'm ready. I'm happy to play the kids. I'm happy just to work out, as I'm told is a big part of their play, selection anyway this year, is seeing who can play more of that. I don't need to see show and makers play games yep. anymore. I don't need to see... So, why doesn't um, Shuey retire, or why don't we pick up anyone in that mid-season draft, which was a... Um, I think, potentially, there might have been one player they had their eye on that... Had already gone. Had already gone, and then after they said, well, we're not going to pick up a player for the sake of it. But I mm. think they positioned themselves to get the player they wanted if he was still there. He wasn't, so they, they move on. You've got to back Clarks, and you've got to back Wright. They've got too many runs on the board. They haven't forgotten their jobs overnight. If either of them on the open market, they'd be snapped up in five seconds. So it's not like... It's like well, clearly... you keep hearing that they're coming for right all the time. Yep. Yeah, well, I think that's why he was moved He moved from this manager to right. to this GM of footy. I think they have a chance they were going to lose him otherwise. How's Bacchanara going, just by the by? Well, he got sacked by Frankston. So yeah, what, very disappointing. that was shocking. The other move I'd like to see Hawthorne make, and I've had just, people disagree with me on this one, is I would like to see if, it, if the new Vogue is having players involved at a club two or three days a week while working the media, I would like to see Hawthorne bring Jordan Lewis back. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. I would like to see Jordan Lewis brought back as some sort of mentor and just figure around the club. I rate him enormously. I guess as, I'd be wondering a, how he would feel about that. Well, he might well say gets, he might be as long as Clark goes there. I'm not there, but if... Mm. if if um, he should be very grateful but to... But surely that relationship isn't that... Clark made him an extra million dollars. Mm. Yeah. So if... Lewis was open to it. The club was open to it. I'd love to see. Do we go see. along with the fact because that I, there's too many... We're going to lose rough into the Suns. I mean, that story was written as though it's a, probably a done deal. Yeah. yeah. Getting Mitchell back was very important. But Hawthorne's produced so many good people. You can't keep oh, sending them many, off to... How many coaches is yeah. it now? Mm. <laughs> Hawthorne's produced so many good people. We can't just lose them all to... And Whitey's at North Melbourne now. It's so all those sort of salt of the earth sort of people that Hawthorne produce aren't there anymore. They're losing them at a rapid rate. We've got Mitchell back. It'd be great to see if they could find a role for Lewis. But then we go out and get Burns and we get Glass. You know, we... Notice that their four line coaches are all former AFL captains. 
Mm, there you go. Yep. So that's they place a premium on that, but uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But the, the, yeah, so my view is I'm really not. I'm less emotionally invested in Hawthorne than I have been for a long time. It just play the long game. If the long game means winning two more games the rest of the year, it, I don't really. I just, I just don't care. I just it, don't care. It's not a bad way to be. Like I, I think people should be careful of mistaking that for a total lack of engagement or no, passion. No, it's about it, it's about reducing that cognitive dissonance of being too upset when you lose because I mean as uh, I'm sort of in the same boat Ash because as disappointing as the loss to Essendon was I've been in worse places this year after a game for sure because so, I'm looking ahead too and I'm like oh, oh well well, 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 you pick the green shoots, don't you, when, yeah. when you have that kind of mindset? I've been less... Uh, with every loss over the course of the season, I've been less annoyed. I was really annoyed after the Bulldogs game because I just yeah. thought they were robbed. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. <laughs> the yeah. St Kilda game was just... It, it took St Kilda for us to have two on the bench and a dodge jump on oh, yeah. Yeah. to finally lose that game. Then Geelong was like... Well, they, they, never confident they were going to beat Geelong. Never confident they were going to beat Richmond. Mm. And they turn up to play... In just about every game this year, they've turned up to play so and then that Carlton one where they didn't turn up but they won yeah. anyway <laughs> and then they, yeah that's right so I think um, yeah I, I just will we have Bolts back well that's interesting I mean what do you do do they um, I think they'd like to I mean Bolts will get a job somewhere with, yeah. a, with a club next season but uh, I'm for sure Clarko would um, love to get him back in some capacity but he's got he's got to have he's got a room for it well, I think this has been a very comprehensive dissection of the club. How uh, much fun was that, eh? That was a lot of fun. We can't keep you forever, though, Ash, so what we're going to move here? on. You haven't challenged me on enough of these opinions. Do you, what do you, do you have any... Well, I don't feel that... Oh, can I value your opinions? I want to hear what you guys think. Well, I was going to say, I don't feel I need to challenge you because I feel like I'm in agreement with you on pretty much everything you've said in terms of especially the feeling about where the club's at at the moment and where we're headed towards. I, I have faith in 2020... Uh, I think we're building towards something well, good. Just to briefly, I know we're going to finish up 2020. Is suddenly mm. you stick Mitchell back in that midfield. That frees O'Meara, who I think is playing hurt. Yeah. yeah. That frees O'Meara suddenly to be a really damaging inside-outside midfield that he was. How good was O'Meara last year with Yeah, with well, his Mitchell, distribution has dropped off dramatically. This yeah, year. so and you've got a and, and Warple, who will be a, a B... A B-grade player. Hang on. What's the stat? He's had more contested possessions than even Greg Williams in this number of games. Is that so? And uh, just a definite Brownlow, considering (laughs) his first 20 games. Uh, We move on to Sydney versus Hawthorne at the SCG, 7.50pm Friday, very quickly. Now, Ash, are you going on the 10-point tip? And which way are you going, (laughs) more importantly? Got to wait for the record, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's a spoiler. Firstly, firstly, wait for the record. (laughs) I'll put him on Twitter. Uh, We'll find the last last five up there. Yes. Yeah. Well, Um, Sydney haven't been performing well up there until West Coast, who can't seem to beat them. Yeah. Again, I think we might... Um, Can we bring Roughhead in to just have the Roughhead Franklin? I would play I would play Fra- Roughhead this week. Well, yes. here we go. We heard from one of our listeners, Ryan. Do they play Big Rough this week in Sydney to kickstart the farewell tour? <laughs> it makes me sad to read that, but, you know, it is what it is. Him swapping jumpers at the end of the game with Buddy would have a nice touch. I think that Roughhead would be a chance to play. Well, Ruff- one of Roughhead Lewis surely plays this week. Oh, yeah, they can't make that mistake again. That is ridiculous. Surely one of them plays this week. So, um, yeah, something will happen. But, uh, look, we, they always they go to Sydney every time they go to Sydney. I haven't picked Hawthorne to beat Sydney in Sydney for years, and they will end up, end up winning. So mm. maybe I should just pick Sydney and let history play out as it has the last few years. They're an interesting club too, Sydney, this year. They've yeah, had a yeah. number of injuries, but they've also got kids coming through that have spent four years in the system so mm-hmm. yeah, the kids they've are, got a lot of guys to make decisions on. The kids are pretty good and um, the bud looks invested 
So he hasn't played against Hawthorne for a couple of years either, so he'll be yeah. itching to get out there. It's game 299 for him, so oh, okay. look out for the big 300 feature in the record the week after next. So after last week's piss-poor rant, <laughs> well, resulting in a piss-poor result. Oh, come on. <laughs> Let's clarify, there was no rant on Essendon, there was a That's rant right, on the AFL. exactly. Okay. So we can't call it piss-poor if it didn't happen. Yes, okay, I won't take that. All right, give it to us. You'd have this game anywhere else, wouldn't you, Swans fans? Last I checked, the SCD is a happy hunting ground for the Hawks, and we're back to stick the boots in a most miserable time for your club. Horse is going to bolt. He's had about enough. He's looking at the list going, I can't do a bloody thing with this lot, so he's going to piss off to North in what has to be the ultimate insult for any club. But it's true. <laughs> Sydney can't win the big one. You can't get the best out of Buddy. There'll be this exodus of the old guard before long, and ain't that just going to be good fun to watch? There's nothing sweeter than seeing old arch rivals simply disappear from the radar. Little by little, bit by bit, until playing you becomes such a non-event, until you don't even register as a threat. That's what this Friday night is all about, Sydney. It's just another nudge in that direction until you're completely inconsequential to us. And I've got a damn good feeling about this game because you're cursed, Sydney. A single dollar says you win, and no team gets past Mason's multi-Friday night curse. <laughs> Best of luck, because we all know how this one's going to play out. <laughs> Much better. That's a definite win. <laughs> Isn't it? Yep. I tip Sydney by 10 points. I go to the Ash Brown special. <laughs> Sydney by 10 points for Mason's multi. Heard it here. Heard it here first, folks. Well, we go, as I said, we go there every year, and uh, we think, uh, don't, don't think it's going to work out for them, and they play mightily well, so... Cousins has had a great game there. Morrison's had a terrific game himself. Morrison was outstanding that game last year. Yeah. So they know I how to play like the to, SCG. It's they know how to play the SCG. So I think it's the best venue outside uh, Tassie, I suspect, in terms of their record the last few years. So, uh, all right. Well, we've got some listener questions, but I can see here that we've actually run through most of them by virtue of uh, a very comprehensive chat with yourself, Ash. So let's get to some of them that were actually directed for you. Uh, which is quite nice for the listeners to do that. Uh, we heard from Jarvis and also the Fishman. I'll start with Jarvis uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. Legit question on the pod this time last year with Ash as a guest. Uh, he perfectly predicted we would land Scully in the trade period. What other gems does he have for us in this time? We've got Whitfield. you got any mail on anyone else? No, I think uh, they'll make a big play for Whitfield. Uh, if Co- if Cornelio wants to go, mm-hmm. then I think Hawthorne's at the front of the queue. But right. uh, I don't have as much confidence about that one. Actually, there's a bloke at Frio who seems to be Access to requirements. Brennan Cox. I'd like to see him come to Hawthorne as another, like a third tool. I'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> heard here first, folks. Uh, now, we uh, we heard from the Fishman on the exact same point. He was keen to know, uh, as Nostradamus of the pod, could you give us a tip on who's coming? Uh, Mount Everest at Hook Talk Pod. <laughs> oh, is there, no. Is there actually a chance oh. Buddy comes back to us? Or no. is it just media banter? No. No, I thought I'd throw that one out there. Uh, we heard from Ali. What is the likelihood of picking up Cornelio? We've got that one. Will Burgoyne play on next year? Now, uh, you haven't shut the door there, have you? On, on Burgoyne. On Burgoyne, yeah. Playing next year. It sounds like you don't want him to be there, but do you think that he can? I absolutely can. Mm. Absolutely can. I mean, they might decide to that he's worth another year, but um, what I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if Clarko, if, if old Clarko says, nah, we've actually just got to move on. I love the next question, but it has no place on this pod. <laughs> so, I think we've kind of covered it in a way. Uh, we heard from, uh, is it Kadek? Uh, apologies for murdering the pronunciation of that name. Uh, well, she takes the photos at That's right, for, for Box Hill Hawks, and a uh, very good job too. Uh, how do you not be biased, Ash, when writing about the Hawks? Is it is it a problem for you? Not really. I mean, it's it's, it's when you walk into the press box, it's just like you adopt this, you know, I'm journo first, fan second. Mm. Um, 
So, no, I, I find not... Uh, you don't want to write about Hawthorne all the time either. As much as I like the Hawks, I like to write about all 18 teams. I'm probably more informed about Hawthorne than other teams. But, mm. uh, no, it's, it's hard not to be biased. And as I said, I've, I get on well with people at every club and I'm generally happy for people at the club. So you like to see them do well and that takes away a bit of the sort of the passion when you're writing as well. And lastly, we heard from Trent. If we were to win a premiership in three years, what players are on our list uh, that are in that team? What do we need to go out and get? I guess I'm going to reinterpret this question because I feel like we've covered a bit of it. Uh, you're forecasting pretty sweeping changes at the end of the year, at least. Oh, I think that's fairly, uh, yeah. fairly. there's no secret to that. I think it's fairly widely known and anticipated there'll be some changes at the end of the year. Is this a cause for, because um, I know that might sit, uneasily with some supporters this is, is this a cause for celebration or is this do we take this as um taking our medicine like we're going to be down for a bit again or well you know, certainly be cause for celebration outside i know there's a question about you know someone suggested the, the bit of a media's obsession with hawthorne i think people mm. still after all this time are sick of hawthorne they are yes and i think um there'll be a bit of a celebration if they're if they're down again but people also very wary and mindful of of Elsa Clarkson and uh, mm. and what and the list management and what they've been able to achieve, so people will celebrate it, but they'll be wary mm. that Hawthorne being down the bottom means they can do some interesting and creative things with list management. But you seem to take the right risks too. Mm. They're very impatient. I'll have to underline that, but they seem to know the risks that they're taking with a lot of these players. Only Ty Vickery has been the one that really fell in a heap. Yeah, that's the one that stands out. But he was, but he was also he was a free agent. He didn't actually yeah. give anything up for Vickery. Mm. Just some salary cap that may or may not have precluded them from getting someone else. At, um, but it seems like that never got off the ground as a. They, they tend to work out for the best. But Scully's been better than anyone's anticipated. Wingard's been disappointing, but I mean, you, don't, you judge Wingard in three years, you don't judge him no, after no, half I think a it's season. Much too harsh. Uh, we're obviously hoping to have you on the pod again soon. If you'd like to come back, end of year. Review Sounds good be to me. Post-mortem. Post-mortem. We'll do. <laughs> Jeez, come on. We'll do the post-mortem. I'm However, sure. as it stands, because part of Trent's question there was supposing we could win a premiership in three years, is there hope for Hawks fans, Ash, in your opinion? Three years. I think with the, uh, I think there's hope in three years because I think, I think there is if they get if they go to the draft. I think they do need absolute. I mean, I, I think their young talent is better than given credit for because they're incredibly well coached. And the, the development system of Hawthorne is first class. And that's yeah, university it, it seems to around the be league. the development that makes the difference. There's a lot of clubs out there that are getting fantastic. Melbourne, mm. yeah, and yet you don't see it on and the I, park. You, that's you right. hold you hold James Warple up as an example of how well. I mean, he's just a diamond dozen midfield player with a lot of uh, midfielder with a lot of flaws in his game. And look what he's got after. I said after 23 games, but it's, they need to get. They need to go to a draft and get one of the best going around. I mean, Bailey Smith equivalent will be playing for Hawthorne next year, pick seven, and that's probably what they're looking at, something around six, seven. A Bailey Smith coming to the team next year. Well, there you go. I think that's a good place to leave it. Nice and optimistic finish to the pod. Uh, before we sign off, just some Don't social give media up, stuff. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep no. going to the games. And uh, be, be, go been... there with a sense of realism. Yeah, is that, set is your that expectations. A, is that a uh, problem for the club at the moment, the attendance? I think it is a little bit of a... An issue for the club, and what I'm interested in the membership figures because I don't think they're, they're I, just under eighty. I can't mm. believe that membership will go up this year. I think membership there'll be a drop off this year. It'll be the first time in 13 years or yeah, something I that we haven't broken our own record. Which trumpeting be... membership, so I think they've resigned. Yeah. The fact it's going to be down. 
Can't we just put in a new category of membership? <laughs> <Yeah>. and... <laughs> the 14,000 at GWS was fairly sobering, I thought. If I could help us out, I think, um, I don't know if this deal is still applicable, but there are three game memberships for Hawthorne at the moment where if you sign up, you get uh, an Indigenous Guernsey. Yeah, I saw that. So I don't know if that's still a thing, but if you haven't signed up yet, that could be a good one. Very good deal. Uh, all right, social media stuff. Uh, now we've got iTunes, of course. Rate and review us on there uh, as the surge towards 200 ratings continues. Most of them five stars, Tiz, so we really appreciate that. Uh, and Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. And join us as we gear up for the Swans Clash, which should be a ripper. Find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Uh, Ash, you're keeping a lockdown on your tips, which is fair enough. Respect that. Buy the AFL Ten record. Ten points either way. <laughs> 10 points on the way. There you go. Get the AFL record uh, this weekend, as every weekend, of course. Uh, Tiz, what's your tip? I'll be practicing my barracking at home this week. Oh, right. Okay. Just seeing what I can get away with. And if you see any any sort of shadowy figure just lurk outside the window, just whip that vest on quick smart, okay? Yeah. That... Now, surely it has to be Hawthorne after the siren. <laughs> oh, come on. It's such a specific tip. Yeah. And we've seen Roughhead do it. Who, who yep. hasn't done it? <laughs> The poppy's done it. Cyril did it close to the siren on his birthday. I just mean Burgle. having the last Burgle kick for the win. Did it a few years back? Oh, Souls. We were there. Souls I was, was there good. for that one. Yeah. We do like the SCG, don't we? I'm look. I'm as confident as I can be with Hawthorne. Uh, like like you say, Ash. You, you've got to be realistic. You set your expectations. I hope we win. If we don't, it's not the end of the world. It's what we see from the people out in the park. Like your Jimmy Warples and yeah, James well, I reckon Cousins. if Mitch Lewis kicks truly, there's a win. Is this a switch to Mitch on this week? I hope it is. Hashtag switch to Mitch. Let's get it trending. Hashtag now, Ross the boss. Hashtag Ross the boss. Yeah, it's got that one up as well. Uh, Ash, thank you very much for uh, for coming on the podcast. And listeners, if you did enjoy it, hit him up. It's at Hash Brown, isn't it? At Hash Brown. Yep. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I do really enjoy putting the beanie and scarf on for a, for a <laughs> night and uh, talking court on. It's great fun. Awesome as always. Thanks for, uh, for coming on the pod, Ash. And thank you, Tiz, once again. Great fun. <laughs> we are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs>